you for tuning in to the First Day Pod, episode 34, with your host, as always, Leanne Hello and Michael Gobier. On today's show, we have a really special guest, Dave Wolf from Dave Wolf Recovery. Dave is a recovering sugar and food addict himself, so he understands the perils that go with sugar and food addiction. So strap in for what we feel is our finest and most engaged episode yet of the First Day Pod. Hello, welcome into the First Day Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Michael Govier. I am here, as always, with my wonderful co-host, Leanne. Hello. Leanne, how's it going? Hey, I'm super excited. Why? Uh, because it's going to be an amazing episode. I'm so excited that Dave's here. But anyway, you continue. Go ahead. I'm thrilled to have Dave here. We have <laughs> Dave Wolf from TriggerFreeNutrition.com. Dave Wolf Recovery. Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in. How are you doing? I'm super awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely, man. I'm really excited to have you here. This is one of our most anticipated uh, episodes so far because, first off, we haven't had a guest in a while, mm-hmm. so it's good to connect with people. And the whole focus of this show was to find new people and learn from them and hopefully better ourselves in some fashion. And you really hit on a key nerve for us because you know, sugar addiction, food addiction is a major issue for us. <laughs> sure. I'm so glad to be here. It's it's awesome to have, I think, frank and honest conversations with, with anyone that wants to hear them. Um, so that I'm, I'm psyched to be here. And I got I have to start. So um, just because I need to thank you. So <laughs> I am super against like diet culture and what it's done to me and what it's done to millions of people around the world. Um, and we actually got some pushback tonight actually on Facebook about the diet culture and fat shaming and all that because when people see anything like anti-sugar or like no sugar, that's what they think it's going to and that's what I thought it was going to. And I don't know if you listened to our podcast last week, so it's only been a week, and I was like so Mike brought on that you're going to be coming on and, you know, sugar addiction and like you just go and it's a lifestyle that you don't have sugar. And I was like, that's not a lifestyle. That's a diet. And I was so (laughs) against it. So I actually thought that today was going to be like more of a debate than an interview because I was going to be like, why are you doing this? And so, but the reason why I need to thank you is because in less than a week, and I know this is going to sound like trying to like push you. Oh boy, here we go. I sincerely thought that I was going to be against you this whole time. And now in less than a week, I get it. I totally have a different way of looking at food. Um, I went to your support meeting on Thursday. Thank you so much. Yes, it was was great to have you guys. It was so enlightening for me. And um, it there's just so much like I can't wait to get into all of it. But now I realize like this is the first week in my entire adult life that I've had peace around food decisions. And so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. That's awesome. I don't know that I did all that much, but uh, you did a little bit of of info, a little bit of support and uh, just keep running with it. I mean, that's awesome. It's great to hear. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, yeah, so we got some uh, people watching. Thanks for tuning in. For those of you joining us, 
uh anna and oh here's no, kelly. My, that's like my wing lady for food and oh food anna stuff. is yeah. okay yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, kelly ring loves her sugar oh, oh boy here we, here we go, go. <laughs> Bring it on. this could be a challenge so uh thank you for tuning in for those of you on the live stream of course if you're listening to this after the fact on the podcast which is always available mm-hmm. on spotify and apple podcasts and wherever you listen to I keep wanting to say Spotify when I want to say podcast. I did this three times earlier when I was testing this to make sure it worked. Podcast formats, we're everywhere, okay? First Day Pod, uh, you can email the show, firstdaypod at protonmail.com, firstdaypod at protonmail.com, and follow the show on all your standard social medias. It's on the bottom, scrolling along to at First Day Pod. So I want to let Dave explain himself a little bit, give an introduction for those who don't know. Mm-hmm. I will say this real quick. You know, I have a issue with opioids. I'm over three years free of opioids, which is a very, very great experience for me. And I feel good about it. I'm very open about it. But really the most challenging thing in my life, much longer than the opioids were going back to my 20s and even late teenage was food and Mm -hmm. sugar addiction. And that's always been the biggest one that keeps coming up over and over and over again. So Mm -hmm. I'm really looking forward to learning from you in this show. And any questions are welcome. Anybody wants to chime in, say anything, you're free to do so in the comment section yeah. here. But without further ado, Dave, why don't you tell us about yourself, uh, your website, and everything that you got going on? Yeah, sure. So uh, let's see. I guess I'll start with my childhood a little bit. Um, my mom's a food addict, right? So she's been working on that for like the last 30 years. So she's been in recovery a long time. Um, wasn't always smooth sailing. I would say she'd been, she'd been clean about 15 years now from her drug food. So, um, that, that's been really helpful for me to see that and to know. And like, even as a kid, it was like the house was different depending on how Judy was doing. Right. So Mm -hmm. when Judy was like on her game and, and following the plan, she was just, you know, like the house was smooth. There weren't too many ups and downs, but when she was off, like we knew it, we knew what would happen to my mom when she ate certain things. Can I, I, I don't want to, I, I'm just going to apologize because I'm going to enter. Yeah. I'm going to do it a lot. Probably. (laughs) Um, I have to tell you that I heard you in an interview and, um, this past week that triggered me because I was like, and I didn't realize it triggered me when I was listening to it because when I listened to it, I was like, Whoa. So she had an addiction because it, the whole house changed. So I'm not that bad. That's good. So then the next day when I was using, like you call it, which I love the the wording that you use around this whole thing, I realized I was changing the energy in the house. And all of a sudden I was like, damn it, Dave, what are you reading? So all of a sudden I became aware and that's the one shift. And then I had to like dive into everything that you were saying. So it's it's just these little mind shifts. Anyway, continue. So thank yeah, it's you. almost like people pay me to give them bad news. No, oh, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, that's not true at all. But uh, we we spread hope like like nobody's business. But so I just remember that as a kid, and and then uh, later in my life, I looked back and realized like every time I came home from school or from like something, I would like run downstairs and grab like five packs of like uh, fruit snacks and like hide the wrappers, and like yeah. that's not like normal human behavior, right? So. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also on ADHD medication from like the first grade till about two years ago. So my appetite was like super suppressed, I think, because of that. Um, I didn't, I, I would never like abuse the meds, but I became really dependent on them. So that when I stopped taking that, took, when I stopped taking the meds, it took me like almost a year and a half till I could feel normal again. 
and yeah. it was so it was so awful. Like I didn't even know something was wrong until yeah. it got better. And I was like, oh my god, I was really sick. Wow. Um, okay, so so growing up around addiction, growing up around recovery too, noticing that difference, and then um, I always loved feeding people. Like it wasn't like I loved to cook. It was like I love to feed people to like have people experience food and and that's kind of like where my sick food thinking I think started like my mom's the exact same way she just mm-hmm. like, wants to like please you with food you know um so that was in that and then if I go back in my family into my roots my uh I think it was my great grandmother we're from like Lithuania area and we were like she was like the village cook mm. so, like, there's like a long line of like food eating um feeding people and so um so i went to culinary school got a degree in culinary arts then got my bachelor's in culinary nutrition um wasn't really sure exactly what i was going to do with that then i decided at the last minute to apply to grad school uh eventually became an rd registered dietitian and so that kind of um brought me into clinical care i was working in an intensive care unit um, literally working with people who couldn't even eat by mouth, who were like being fed through tubes. Wow. Um, that really wasn't for me. It was a really good experience. And I had, I was surrounded with awesome people, but it just, uh, I wanted to interact with people. Then I transitioned to a bariatric clinic in Boston. So I was helping people get prepared for bariatric surgery. Um, but in reality, I didn't even realize it, but I was, I was using all the stuff I learned as a kid, watching my mom, trying to help people identify with their own food addiction. Um, so one of the issues with bariatric surgery is that they're attempting to treat a brain disease with stomach surgery. So mm-hmm. and I don't have any, anything against the surgery per se, uh-huh. but they don't really prepare people mm-hmm. um, for what will happen after. I mean, they try and they give them like fearful warnings, mm-hmm. but the reality is if you're having bariatric surgery, you're likely a food addict. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, so, know, you said something too, by the way, about the food giver. The person in your life yeah, yeah. giving you food that that really reminds me of my stepmom. I I mean, no offense, stepmom, but uh, it was always like her. It was actually literally told to me once that her way of showing love was to give food, and if you rejected that food, it was almost like you denied her love. Right, was, right. It's very codependent. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like 12 or 10 years old. I'm like, what? <laughs> What's happening? I don't understand. You know, right. That's. I think that's very common for a lot of people. And, and yeah, and I think really, it's right? cultural too. In certain cultures, it's very strong. I mean, stereotypically, I mean, I'm from a Jewish home. It's definitely very. We're very food focused. Like, oh yeah, she was heard Italian and people, Polish people, things. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe yeah, most people. But I think, um, yeah, I think a lot of families and there's certain ethnicities and cultural groups that love sure. to just get around. You gather around food. It's like a thing. Yeah. It's just. And I'm Jewish too, so I get that. I, I didn't grow up in a Jewish environment so much, but recently I've gotten much more touch with my Jewish roots, so I understand exactly what you went through, Dave. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, and it really, in, in the scheme of things, I had a pretty good life. So, but, um, you know, everyone has their trials. But you're right, it's a brain disease. So yeah. have, there's nothing wrong with the bariatric surgery, but having this done for you when you're not solving the actual root cause, right? Mm hmm. Well, it's not even that it's not solving the root cause. It's completely avoiding the problem. Right. Oh, wow. um, yeah. And I think there are some problems with it. I think um, I think that uh, when you have a smaller stomach, you have less ability to produce hydrochloric acid. So you have less acid load. So then you have a harder time digesting certain foods and you don't get the nutrients that you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say that it's neutral. Um, 
uh, you know, I, I work with people where they're at. So if someone's had bariatric surgery and they want to take an abstinence-based approach to their addiction, um, I'm, all for, I'm all for trying to help them. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I've tried so many times to just willpower it, and it's such a failure. And anybody who's been through other addictions knows willpower is a lot. It's just a fraudulent myth that has been per perpetuated for decades and centuries even it seems like hey you yeah. gotta tough it out and we it's know right. now it like a good idea at the time kind of thing yeah. it does we know now and i think it's more accepted than it's ever been especially with the rise of the opioid crisis that people oh, yeah. understand that it's not about so much the mm -hmm. willpower nobody wants to be begging on the street right. dirty and broke and desperate and having brushed their teeth in forever sure. that's nobody wants to be that way even mm -hmm. if they had the lowest self-esteem ever i just don't believe that because I've seen it and experienced it with other people. So when it comes to food addiction, it's just not as it's not as blatant that way, right, Dave? I, I mean, I wonder what you would say about that. It's not like we're on the street corner desperate. Well, I, I think, um, I mean, <laughs> CVS, uh, the gas station, uh, you know, wherever your local food market chain is your dealer. Mm. <laughs> so you're yeah. talking about it's become so such, so, such a normalized problem. The other thing you got to look at is they're saying now like 80 to 90, 80, I think it's 80 to 90% of Americans are metabolically sick. Wow. That's nine in 10 people are metabolically unwell. What does that wow. mean exactly? Could you explain that for those who don't know what that means? Yeah. So uh, I think it, I think it probably relates to like hormonal imbalances in regards to how we process things. So like insulin resistance or elevated blood sugar or, um, high blood pressure or um, whatever the consequences, but they're derived essentially from lifestyle, right? So like what you eat, um, you know, uh, or food, drugs, or however you want to, you know, what kind of terminology you want to use. Uh, okay. But that's, that to me shows you the prevalence, right? Yeah. Um, one of the main issues at this point is according to the Di Diagnostic Statistical Manual, the DSM, or um, the ICD-10 coding system, the international coding system, food addiction isn't actually a disease. So therefore, insurance companies won't um, won't do anything, right? They won't like pay us back for it. Yeah, Anne is telling me 10% of kids between the ages of 2 to 10 have non-alcoholic steatosis, like non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Wow. So they have fat accumulation. 2, 2 to 10. Uh, have fatty liver disease, which is insane. Oh my gosh. That means one in 10 kindergartners. Little babies. Has fatty liver. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Totally preventable illness. Totally preventable. Actually, you can reverse fatty liver in an adult in, in four to five days. Yeah. Four to five I, didn't days? Exact, I didn't know the timeline, but I know that's definitely reversible. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. If you remove, generally speaking, if you remove carbohydrates, um, yeah, you can uh, reverse fatty liver disease quite quickly. Wow. That's why uh, alcoholics can recover too. And, you know, even when I used opioids, there's a lot of acetaminophen, and I was using dangerous levels of acetaminophen in that, and mm. I was worried, but I was fortunate that my liver was able to recover. The liver is very resilient if, you know, there's only so far you can push it though, right? If you give it a break, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. When I was working in the ICU, I worked with this uh, surgeon, Dr. Ali in Atlantic City, and he was a trauma surgeon, and he said, if you... If you destroy 90% of your liver, your liver and stop, your liver can regenerate itself. But if you go past wow. the threshold, it can't. 
Wow. So 90% capacity for regeneration. That's insane. That's awesome. But wow. wow. And Anna says it's the number one reason for liver transplant right now is because of that. Wow. Absolutely. That is so intense. Uh, You're listening to the First Day Pod. Uh, We're doing the live stream here. Thanks for everybody who's tuning in right now. This is the biggest audience we've ever had. So, Dave Wolf, you've uh, brought up the peeps. And thank you to be here. And don't forget, you can follow us uh, at First Day Pod on on social media. First Day Pod, ProtonMail.com. And, uh, Dave, what about your website? You want to talk a little about uh, TriggerFreeNutrition.com? I have two main projects right now. One is Trigger Free Nutrition, where I, I run groups and work with people one-on-one. Um, but really what we're excited about is this new thing. It's called Sugar X Global. Yeah. So what we've done is we've created a community-based platform for people to recover from food and sugar addiction together um, online. So there's five coaches right now, myself, uh, my mom, actually, Judy Wolf, um, Anna Freeling, who's live with us now, um, Sean Foreman, who's an RN out of Texas, and uh, my good friend Cynthia Myers Morrison, uh, she's out of Chicago. Uh, okay. We actually wrote a book together too. Um, I have to have you? Yeah, that's the right. Fix. The fix for craving. Yeah. So, um, the so basically, we came together because there's this really awesome assessment tool called Sugar, mm-hmm. and uh, we were trying to actually like come up as a team of the practitioners in the U.S. that are certified and licensed to create set pricing. And then we had this crazy idea. So it just happened organically. We're like, well, there's no really, there are a couple online communities and there's nothing really wrong with them. It's just, we have a different style than they do. And so um, we're bringing everything together to this one place. So we're going to have a subscription based system. Um, We're going to have lots of free content too, um, Mm -hmm. but we're going to do, we're going to do classes. We're going to have coaching. We're going to have daily support groups. Much like the group you guys came to the um, last week. It was uh, amazing. We're going to have those available on a daily basis for people. Oh. Uh, we're going to put it all together um, in one place so people can join us. And and also they can build build a community. Like addicts don't do well alone. They just mm-hmm. don't. They, they need they need support. So yes. creating a place where they can be and you guys can, where the you guys being the people that mm-hmm. are members of that community can interact with each other. So um so that's what we're we're like super excited about it we're like pretty we have a we have a landing page at sugarxglobal.com right now where you can sign up now um and you'll be the first to know when we're live but we're like just dotting our i's and crossing our t's right now we're like really 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 close to opening up the doors oh i can't wait we're on the wait list so we awesome, can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> yes great we're super pumped I and mean, I, so I speak awesome. for all five of us we're like we're like jumping at the gills here. We're ready. Oh, I, after Thursday, like, and I'll tell you, so there's overeaters anonymous is great. And that whole being is really great. But the week before I went to an overeaters anonymous meeting because it was the first time that I was like, maybe I do have an addiction. Mm -hmm. And I went in there and I'll be quite frank, just with my experience. So I do know that a lot of people like it works for them. But when I went into it, it was very, um, I think for me, what it felt like, because I didn't actually hear the whole thing about addiction. I heard about, I overeat, I binge, I do this, I do that. And so what I felt like is that I have like a, like I smoke weed a couple times, but I'm going to go into a support group for like cocaine addiction. Like I felt there was such like a disconnect from where I 
thought I was to where they were talking kind of thing, because, you know, it was like ruining their life and all this kind of stuff. But when I went to your group, I think because we understood that it's an addiction and that it doesn't, we can have control. And like what Mike was saying, it's not just brute force. It's not just willpower and like, okay, we're like 90 days clean. Okay. We're this amount of clean in your group. It's like, okay, this is what we're doing. And like, it's the addiction and we're working through a journey. You know what I mean? Like that was, I think the, the difference for me. And it was only, it was less than a week apart, four days apart. And it was the support from your group was like, I can't wait just to keep going back. And I can't wait till you like send us the email and it's like, so sugar RX is ready to go. Yeah. We're, we're so excited. I think that we identify with, uh, you know, we identify with what we identify with. Right. Mm -hmm, Right. um, Right. We don't know. And and we certainly won't be able to serve everyone because there are going to be people that aren't interested in some of the things that, you know, and and we do and we know that, but um, we're so focused on the people that we can help and people we can serve. And I think, I think that's awesome. And, um, you know, also the 12 step programs aren't for everybody. Um, they definitely have an, a diverse track record and, and, um, the people, but it, generally speaking, the people that apply them and, and put the principles into their life yes. on a daily basis do great. Yes. Um, the people that, um, don't, right. don't. So, you know, it's, it's really, I think it comes down to willingness in that regard. And, yeah. and, um, I think that we we don't want to say this is good or this is bad. Um, no, we want to provide uh, people with what the groups are, uh, yeah. like what the outside, like twelve star programs or the like, wh- where they can be found, what the what you know, mm-hmm. kind of some information about them, and you know, try it out, see if the shoe fits. I mm-hmm. think that's um, so key because we just don't know, like. Like two weeks ago, you were in a completely different place than you're in right now, right? So absolutely, um, like sometimes transitions are fast and mm-hmm. life, life changes. So mm-hmm. um, you know, I guess and, we say take what you like and leave the rest. So yeah, and the transition was fast, relatively. Like when we're talking about this past like two weeks, but like I've been struggling with this for like oh sure thirty years. Yeah, so, right. Decades, right? Like, where yeah. were you thirty years ago, Dave? I was little. I was probably <laughs> in a sandbox somewhere making a mess. <laughs> you know um, the thing. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go for it. Well, the twelve-step programs. I've been in them. I mean, they serve a purpose because they've already created such a in-depth and grand community across the country, across the world. Yes. And. For people who don't know anything, it's a great first introduction. If you are scared, you are suffering from various gambling, sex, anything, you know, these Mm -hmm. there's so many AANA, you know, insert the addiction here, anonymous step. Yeah, underscore A, that's what I say. Yeah, Mm -hmm. underscore A, that's good. That's very good. But they're great for introduction and support. Mm -hmm. But like you said, Dave, people... People find that it becomes a willpower game, even if you're getting the support. And for some people, it's just not even their idea of how they want to get it done either. So I understand what you're saying. I experienced it myself. And I I think the support and community of 12 Steps are a great thing. But with COVID going on, it's also limited that reach because people are afraid to go out to I think it's extended it in the same regard, though. In what Pardon way? Me? I mean, I, I could... 
if I wanted to, I could attend a meeting in Jerusalem if I wanted to. Oh, mm-hmm. so I mean, online, people are, online. People who are involved in fellowship right now, they someone from yeah. my friend from Nebraska recently shared in a meeting in Israel. Like, That's um, cool. I think it's turned these fellowships like global. Yes. Right? So, yes. Um, that's for on, you're talking online though, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's my only thing is like the the physical ones I'm talking about. I could probably agree with the online, like in the rooms.com, which where we went to, mm-hmm. uh, people all over the world connected. We had somebody Absolutely, from, yeah, in the Overeaters Anonymous meeting was talking about a, it was a side tangent about the earthquake that just happened because she was living in Turkey. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> It was just a time for her to vent in an Overeaters Anonymous. Sure. It just sure. happens. Mm-hmm. That happens sometimes. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think the 12-step programs have created a space and a place for people to, you know, talk about the things that are really going on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think of them as a negative. I just think that there needs to be alternatives. And sometimes it seems like there might not be alternatives when you first start to open up mm-hmm. and admit sure, that you have sure. an addiction, which yeah. is, you know, how, how it all starts. So, But I'm yeah. glad they exist. And there's all, you know, I learned a lot of things from places like uh, Smart Recovery, which is more of a cognitive behavior. Sure, sure, sure. More of a CBT model. Yeah. Yeah. So there's more options than ever, which is great. Yeah. So I just think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We need them all. We really do. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, we come from different places and spaces and and we need to meet people where they're at. I just did a lecture um, for a class today for my mentor who's from Sweden and, and, um, that's what my like goal is, right? So to meet you where you're at yes. and to work with you where you are, not not where you're going or where you've been, but like where are you right now so that we can address the problems at hand. Yes. Um, and because if, if I work on your past, that doesn't help you with where you are now. And if we keep focusing on the future, it doesn't help you where you are now, which is, which is where you have to be. Yes. Um, right? Life on life terms. So. Yes. I yeah. love it. Okay. So I have another question for you. So, um, you had started talking about how the insurance doesn't recognize this as an issue or as an, uh, as an, is it not as an addiction or not as get, I want you to talk more on that because you started talking and I was like, what? And then we got tangent, which we will, we continue to do because this is also exciting, (laughs) but, um, is there anything that we can do about it or anything that you guys are trying to do about it or what's going on with that whole thing? I totally missed like the first like six words you said. So um, <laughs> okay, these so- awesome comments keep on coming in and I'm like, Where are I, <laughs> I know I mean, that was the biggest comment we've ever had ever. Thank you. April Harkness for being so, <laughs> so go again. It's awesome. Um, so the whole point about how insurance companies are not, Sure. Uh, recognizing this. So uh-huh. can you just talk, cause you started talking about it. It like really like affected me and then we veered off into something else. So can you just yeah, get so, back into that? I mean, I personally, like I can't take insurance because food addiction doesn't technically exist according to that world. Mm-hmm. So like the financial medical world doesn't, That's doesn't so... recognize food addiction as a disease or an illness. Even though it's causing so many problems. Correct. Right. Because wow. okay. that's all about terminology. Like, it's like even if you look at it, like diabetes is a disease, right? Mm-hmm. In my world, it's a symptom. Right. Mm-hmm. Or t- type two diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um, it, to me, it's a symptom. It's mm-hmm. a symptom of food addiction, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so is high blood pressure, right? So yep. is um, BMI, mm-hmm. body mass index, yep. which is a 
it's a terrible thing, but it's a semi-objective measure of body mass. But the the point is, um, that's what they're basing it on, and and um, and they're billing for those things, and people aren't really getting better necessarily in the traditional Western model of how we treat those, which is, um, you know, the, just the current regime when you see a doctor and they, they prescribe you a medication. And I have nothing against the Western medical system. I, you know, it's a fantastic thing when you mm -hmm. really need it, but, mm -hmm. um, but when yeah, but have something like food addiction, um, no, it doesn't, it doesn't support it because they, it they tell you to moderate. What's that? They're going to tell you to moderate. Right. And I always, I have this friend on Twitter, Cassie, and uh, she says, um, moderation is a great mythical unicorn. And like, so that's what I'm about. I feel like it's like the Bigfoot of, of the world. We, we just, even people who are like norm, quote unquote, normal eaters, mm -hmm. they don't even moderate well. No. So you don't think moderation is a, it, that's not the way to go? Uh, no. Hmm. No, I'm not a. I can't moderate anything. I mean, uh, nothing from video games, screen time to Twitter to like, no, I'm not a moderator. Yeah. Ah, I'm with you there. I completely agree, Dave. I, I agree. I just, so many people, the people that I respect and practical people say, yeah, you can moderate. You first got to get a handle on it and then you can start right, to right, moderate. Right. Once you, you get an understanding and a handle on it, then you can moderate later, but not in the beginning, of course. And yeah, I agree, well, I you know, agree with you. I think like it has a, to be after. If a pint works two gallons better, like that's the way my brain works. So, and Anna's talking about, uh, she brings in a comment about big pharma, big food, like the, the, right. they have a lot to lose by America getting healthy. Right, they right. They have a lot you, to lose. You get one medic, like you have one issue, so you go to the doctor, you get the pill for it, and then you have to go back a month later to get the pill to like fix the symptom or the the right. extra things that happen. Right. Now I'm having pain, and now I'm having this, and then I'm oh well, we'll just we'll do this, and then this, and then this, yeah. and so it does oh, make sense. Our, but it does. One of our viewers here, um, Lisa Launders, says she's a family physician and she believes that food addiction, as do many of her patients. Uh, they have it that and it's still controversial in medicine and isn't recognized as a condition. right 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 but and and um is know, there something that we can do to ever problem. change that I, i'm not going to change a doctor you know who's going to change a doctor <laughs> the doctor's patients that's yeah. i think that that's the key because me getting on my little my little soapbox and and talking about food addiction is real and, and yeah like, that's not going to change anyone's mind it's just like me if like I posted it, let's say I posted a political comment on Facebook, right. like yep. that's not going to change anybody's mind. Right. Right. Um, no. Right. So, uh. but like, and if I address a doctor, the same thing, but I think the patients need to start asking really good questions. Yeah. Um, I think we can guide patients as to what questions to be asking and, mm -hmm. and, and, and how to talk to their doctor about things and, and actually kind of thinking in my head, like that would be a great, that would be a great resource to add to, to sugar X, like yes. what kind of conversation do you need to have with your, your, you know, your main, your primary provider? Yes. Um, because that's yeah. important. Absolutely. I completely agree. And uh, we're with Dave Wolf. He's from Dave Wolf Recovery. You can go to triggerfreenutrition.com. That's his website too. Dave is the man. He's here to help us with sugar and food addiction. He's not the, I mean, there's no uh, Oracle. No one knows everything. And I mean, has every detailed answer possible, but he is a guy who's got a lot cool. of research and knowledge 
and understanding of this, and he's been through it himself. How long has it been? Was it back uh, November of 17? You've been free? Yeah, the, it? yeah it's almost, it'll be three years in a couple weeks. Yeah, Yay. about eight days, eight or nine, yeah, eight days or so, man. Congratulations. Yeah, You're almost awesome. there. That's crazy. I would much rather have... This sounds crazy, and maybe it's just a stupid comparison because oh. this is what my brain likes to do. I like to compare things. Uh, that's, yeah, what we, yeah. that's what we do. But I would much rather have three years free of sugar than opioids, uh, or at least the same amount, at least a year. If I could say six months of sugar free, I'd blow my mind. I would be so grateful for that. Why well, couldn't we say that in six months? Uh, <laughs> because of me and not reaching out and getting support. And there it is. <laughs> It's I'm the one holding it's all me about back. you, isn't it? <laughs> it is. This whole damn show's about me. No, it's, uh, it's you know the struggle, no, and if I don't make I the effort like, to contact I that, people, I, I think the, yeah. the lie is dead. We can recover. You know, I think that that's so true. Yeah. I agree. I completely agree with that. I don't. I don't think it's a myth at all. I I believe very much in what you're doing, and that's why I'm so glad we just kind of randomly connected on Twitter. And yeah, I really awesome. think you're. Yeah, you know, I was. I want to say this too. Uh, uh, my mom's watching, and she's like, "Oh, you're having Dave Wolf on, Dave Avocado Wolf." Oh, right. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. like, no, uh, that's, uh, that's a common mistake for sure. Yeah, like, like this Dave Wolf is just nothing, as cool and probably more relevant. The guy, but like for two people in like a similar like sector, we couldn't yes. be different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, yeah, you're not him at all. And in fact, no. I, I really think you're on the verge of something here because with your with your Sugar X Global uh, in the community, that is something that will be even more valuable with COVID and the fact that people are stuck at home or they right, can't right, go out as right. much too. Yeah, I agree. And they need that. I think, yeah. I think you really, I think in a year from now. I think a lot, of, a lot of resources that used to be live, even though we, um, after like post COVID, we're going to, um, we're, we're going to, they're not going to be only live anymore. I think that we're going to be doing a lot more telehealth stuff. I yes. think that we're not going to have to go places to get certain things done. I think. I agree. Um, so I think it's, I think a lot of, in, in a lot of, in a lot of respects, it's going to sound crazy. Uh, in a lot of respects, COVID has been really like a positive thing. I think people are spending more time with their families. People are spending more time than their hobbies. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have any of this like background noise going on. So mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. I think uh, you found Melissa's going to reach out to you. She awesome. You. Oh, yeah. From her. yeah, that's She's great. a physician, so that's I great. Know, yeah. We need to connect uh, medical, me- we need to connect medicine with mental health and, yes. you know, nutrition. Oh, yeah, There's more health. nutrition yeah. and dietitians involved yeah. with medical. The nutrition, nutritional aspect of mental health is also huge. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I- I'm working, uh, not a big deal. I'm just, I'm working on my master's in clinical mental health counseling. So I understand. I that's some a of big the- deal. Yeah. he doesn't I, think anything's a big deal no <laughs> well i just i'm here to help uh, i want to oh, you know when you go through it's like what you're doing dave yeah i, hey, I just want to be of service mm-hmm. uh, exactly exactly and i feel like it's not a reach to say that you are doing this because of your own experience i would assume yeah i mean yeah i i don't um i mean my journey was pretty easy compared to a lot of the clients I work with, to be honest with you. I think part of that is because I was on ADHD medication for so long, so my appetite was so suppressed. Mm, um, okay. My disease didn't progress, like, that much. It kind of, like, it just stayed the same for a really long time. Okay. Uh, so, so compared to some people, like, I had it, like, a much easier. But mm-hmm. I understand addiction, which is the important thing. Mm-hmm. I can relate 
I can relate to what it feels like to be chosen for something, to never be okay with the way that I feel, to you know all that stuff. And so we can form that we can form that connection. Um, I mean, I think the most weight I've ever lost in my life is maybe 15 pounds. Like there was mm. not, I didn't have a lot of the physical consequences. I mean, my brain was a mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't think clearly. My emotions were nuts. Like, yeah. like, I don't know, just yeah. all over. Yeah. Dave's in Massachusetts, right? Yeah. I'm in the U. Yeah. I'm in the U S I'm in Massachusetts, but I work with people all over the world. So yeah. There's no limits anymore. Like you were in Australia and Europe and all over. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. The limitations are gone. The internet, it's even though people, dead, make, yeah. <laughs> people make fun of Twitter, but look, this all is happening because of Twitter. I'm not kidding. Yes. It's a positive. It's a net positive for the world. I have Twitter. to say that Twitter gets a really bad rap. I have built an amazing, supportive, loving community on Twitter. Like that's beautiful. It's but it's all about curating the feed you want. Like it's just like in my life, if I have violent, angry, energy suck kind of people in my life, yes. I'm not having a good life. But if I surround myself with the right people, my life is so good. Yes. And so we need to take that to the way that we treat social media, right? So if we're around negative energy, yes. you know, I'm, I'm worth more than following people that bring me down. So, Amen. So, yes. yeah. Leanne is loving what she's hearing right now. I am. Yeah, Leanne is all about everything you're selling right now, which is legit. I want to share this comment because it's kind of a long one, but it tells you what's going on with sugar addiction. This is April. She says, I got fired twice for my addiction to sugar. She got fired twice for that. Just like drug addicts get fired. I eat containers of sugar foods at night. Yeah. Then run it off in the morning until I felt I ran it all off. Once I did this routine for a week, late to work every day. At the end of the week, I was fired for being late every day. Second time I was caught stealing a co-worker's Captain Crunch. I'm sorry. It's a little funny stealing the Captain Crunch, but that's not funny that you lost your job. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know. I think that's just another symptom of active addiction, right? It's just, it's, it wouldn't be funny if they were stealing um, crack cocaine. That's so the whole- I think it's just that we've been, a, and I'm not trying to bag on you. I just think uh, we've no, totally no. normalized it. So, um, I mean, I've stolen food. Um, yeah, I've definitely done that. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, I remember once as a kid, I, I was at some like store for my sister, some like kind of one of those stores where they like have novelty things that are like way overpriced for no reason. And I stole like this like weird gummy snack and like I got caught <laughs> and, uh, my mom was really cool about it, but, but you know, she, um, she made me apologize and all day, but she made me do all the right things, but she didn't embarrass the hell out of me. But, um, but the point right. is, that, yeah, it was for sugar. Right. Yeah. So, you know what? April, I'm sorry I even cracked a smile. You're right. I need If I'm going to take this more seriously, then I need to put it on par with every addiction. The worst of the worst that we so call it, like heroin and crack cocaine and all this stuff. You're right. And yeah. I'm sorry that happened to you. That's, Nobody deserves I mean, it. Just, just think about it as, as, as your subconscious programming, if you identify with addiction, is denial. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. So anything we can do to make it okay to act out the way we act, mm-hmm. that, I think it's an important teaching point, really, um, you know, for your, for your audience and for you, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I think that's key. And life gives us these moments where we can learn or we can continue to do the same thing over and over again and expect different results, right? So yes. um, that's awesome. And that was actually the um, 
last week when I was on the, like, if you go back, I, I want to go back and listen to that episode because I was so dead set against, like, I was started arguing with Mike about it. And that was totally my denial of right. addiction. It was, right. well, no, that's definitely, that's just diet culture and that's just this. And I can have all the sugar that I want. You can still go to the birthday party and have the one piece of cake. But then that's like telling your friend that has an alcohol problem, like, well, when you go to the birthday party, just have one beer. Just right, have right, it. Right. We would never say that. You never tell your girlfriend, come on over and have a glass of wine when you know that she's like, you know, three months clean. Right. You would never say that. But right. you say that you're on a diet or you say that you're a sugar addict or you say anything and you're like, it's okay. I just, I made it. I didn't buy it from the store. I, I made the Oh, cup. yeah, and then the whole guilt trip spiel. Come on over, honey, and we'll just have that. It'll make it okay. I'll only put two out on the plate, so we'll only have one each. Like, right, it's right, so right. bizarre how we're just okay with it all. But it become totally normal, and um, it's that, totally a problem. But the reality is, do you know when the society will change? When the people in that society change, right? So they're not going to change the cultural structure that's been created right now because it's making them so much money right so there's no reason for them to adjust anything we have to adjust we have right. to be the ones to institute change right um, to demand and I, it, you know and I, I think that your so what really changed for me was your terminology that you use and i think going through everything that we've been through even just this year with um the racial injustice, we all became hyper aware of how we speak and mm. what we say. And I think that's what we need to do with this is I love the fact that you said my mom's energy, like the energy would change when she was using. Well, so-and-so when she was using the drug food, like when we can start doing that. And I was starting to realize like when I was saying, oh, I can just have like one piece of cake. I started changing it to, I can have just one beer. I can just have one hit. I can just, and realizing like putting all of that addiction that we're used to, that we think that's all that addiction is and putting that into the same terms that we use when we're talking about food. I think it's going to radically change a lot. The, the reality is I can make anything. And I mean, anything sound mm -hmm. like a good idea. Like yeah. I can rationalize anything um mm -hmm. so i that's just connects back to the denial right which is what we yeah. talked about last week in the crew yes um and so i think that's so important that to realize and and like i need to be as honest as i am with everyone else about with myself mm -hmm. right? about about my disease about my addiction about my tendencies about my behaviors all that stuff because it all connects back to the same thing yes um, and, and i think it really stems from that that like big deep-seated denial Okay, so can I ask you a question? So this is going to be like, okay. So I thought I kind of, okay. So I've been telling Mike, so we were like, okay, we're going like no sugar. We're just going to do this because we're going to feel better and everything's going to be great. So then now the last couple of days I've been, and now I'm now realizing it's probably my denial about my addiction, but I really like rationalize this that this made sense. I was like, wait, no, I can have stuff that has sugar in it as long as I don't have like a visceral reaction to it. 
So I can still have all of the sugar. Yeah. She's been going on this mouthwatering bit. This is her like main focus. If it makes my mouth water, I can't, I can't have, have it. it. That's like that's the only line. I don't feel I feel like you're living on the edge. But go ahead, continue. It made sense to me. And like if I get excited about something, which is that's how I knew it is an addiction, because like if I see like my sister walked in the hallway and she had like a little bowl that she was coming and it had chips in it. And I literally, it was like the, you know, Christmas morning. Like I just got so excited oh, about okay, it. Okay. That's not, got it. Okay. That's not normal. So, um, and I never realized that's not normal until this past week. So anyway, so then I was like, she says, I looked it up and there's no sugar. So you can have it. And I was like, eh, I got way too excited about that. And my mouth started watering as soon as you told me what kind of chips it was. So no, I cannot have it. But <laughs> so in my head, I'm like, oh, okay, well, I can have sugars that I'm not like triggered by. How do you feel about that? Is that me in denial? Is that me? Am I on the right track? Tell me I'm on the right track. <laughs> um, Tell the truth. Nothing but the truth. So mm -hmm. help me God. Right. So, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. They, they, <laughs> So if you don't get one thing, your body's going to get another. I mean, it's just, that's just how we operate, especially if we're addicts. Right. So like, um, like my favorite drug is your drugs. Right. So, um, like that, that's really what's going on. So, um, I would, uh, I think it's helpful to identify like what your natural tendencies are. Like what are the foods that are like your primary triggers, but you're also going to have foods that will work just as well. It's just that you don't like them as much. Mm -hmm. right yeah, so like okay. anything starches or sugars yeah so like a starch is a bunch of sugar molecules holding hands that's what uh dr david unwin from england says so like okay. so like a potato i mean look at like a potato looks like a harmless thing right but um if you turn it, it into an alcoholic it's not so harmless anymore right so it's the same thing with like wheat seems harmless but it's turned into bread and then it causes all sorts of major problems right and so the other thing i really look at which um which kind of follows the drug addiction paradigm like paradigm so you could like take um a percocet like by mouth right mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. would be like eating a grain right like a kernel of wheat mm -hmm. or you could crush it up and snort it right, right. and that right. would be like taking flour you right. Into a powder, so you get a fast release, right? Right. Both of them will cause an effect in your body. Mm -hmm. right? How fast does it come? Right. And what's your preference? Wow. So that's really how I look at it. So yeah, yeah. Um, I would, uh, I would kind of tighten up those hinges a little more. <laughs> right. And give yourself a chance to clean up, yeah, and right. you'll notice a difference in how you feel. Yeah. And your mood and how you deal with people, all that stuff. That has been with. changing. I've been able to, I've always, it's funny because I've, I've always said, oh no, I just don't have patience. So that, that's just my, that's just right. the way that it's I'm like wired. Right. It's not the way I'm wired. It's the way that like my sugar has made me. So now I'm realizing when we were just talking about the nomenclature of like how we're, we're wording things. Yeah. Had I said, I have an alcoholic, I'm an alcoholic. And so I can't have, cause beer is my thing. Like I can't have one beer. Then me saying that is like saying, but I can have wine or I can have. Right. Wine. Yeah. It's just so it's the same. You're right. It's bullshit. Really? 
Can I say well, that? I just yeah, can, can we kick him, Mike? Can we just kick him off the air and like we can just start talking about something else? Because that the man after my own heart, right here. That's right. Oh. Say what you want. We don't censor anything. This is the first day pod. You're listening to the first day podcast. We're live streaming the show as we do every usually oh. Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, real quickly, for those of you who are new to the show, uh, we do a podcast form of this, so you can listen to it any time of the week, day or night. On Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you can rate us five stars. We love a five-star rating. We love that. And, of course, we're here with Dave Wolf, Dave Wolf Recovery. He's a trigger-free nutrition on Twitter. Is that the handle for most of yours? Or trigger-free trigger free RD, yeah. On the, yeah. Other, on the other platforms, I'm just uh... – Gosh, I don't even remember what my Instagram is. He's Dave Wolf Recovery. You'll find yeah, it. Yeah, you'll find it. You'll find me. You're all social media savvy. So um, I got to tell you, Dave, I think what the lesson I'm learning from this is that you can't you can't dip your toes in. You can't, uh, you know. Play no, we're not, yeah, we're not, we're not dip-toe people. No, you can't play footsie with this. You have to go for it. And yeah. I want to get a couple comments here uh, and share them. Melissa says, this is why some people try to avoid high-carb foods in general. I personally think that carbs are also addictive for many people, or at least triggering. Part of why keto, the keto diet, has become so popular. And yeah, you're yeah, that's a good into point. that, right? Yeah, I mean, we use, we use, well, keto means a thousand things to a thousand different people. So I like trying <laughs> like to be clear, right? Yeah. So, um does keto mean that you eat sticks of butter and lots of cheddar or does keto mean that you're in ketosis? Like to me, to me, I, I, I do work. I do put people into ketosis not everyone, but the people that it works for. And one of the cool things about that is most of the foods that we're addicted to most, most mm -hmm. um, are carbohydrates or contain some level of carbohydrates, right? So yeah. sugar um, in all its forms, you know, honey, maple syrup, corn syrup, Honey. Uh, oh yeah. Yes. People think, oh, honey's cool. No. <laughs> it, and, why does uh, it taste so good? <laughs> flour, you know, all those things. Those, generally speaking, are removed from the ketogenic diet because the body isn't able to burn glucose and ketones at the same time. So a ketone is a fuel source derived from fat, as opposed to glucose, which is a fuel source derived oh. from pure carbohydrates. So. Okay. The brain can function on either. Um, it's perceived that a ketone is an alternative fuel source um, to glucose. I think that's false. This is my opinion. Mm -hmm. I think that the ketone is the primary fuel source and we totally switch with our food environment to burning glucose all the time. So mm. we perceive ketone is the alternative, but in reality, glucose is like the, the alternative. That makes sense. That makes yeah, sense. Is it, is it true that if you gain a fat cell, you have it forever? That sounds like BS. I think, I think that's true, but I don't think that um, the, the the thing that changes is the size of that cell. Ah, okay, all right, thank you. Yeah, I read that the other day in a some type of legitimate source, and I was like, oh man, this really bums me. I like out. Some type of legitimate source. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, was. I don't know. I, what the hell do I know? I, well, I want to ask you personally, Dave, because you're you're walking the walk. Yeah, yeah. How do you? Feel about what you eat now. I mean, you've you've been doing this for a while, so yeah. maybe it's more routine and you've reconditioned your I brain. I love what I eat. You do? I, yeah, absolutely. What absolutely. do you eat? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I eat meat, um, eggs, um, some vegetables. Um, fruit? 
I occasionally berries, but it's very, it's not common. Okay. Um, but I'm a meat guy. Like I love meat. Like, so yeah. like, like, uh, it's really, it doesn't matter what it is, but, um, okay. but like one of my favorite things is like brown hamburger, like just like mm. a burger without a bun, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. like, I'm like easy peasy. Okay. Like I get to eat foods like a grilled beef burger with like blue cheese and Frank's hot sauce. Like that's something like I would be all about. So I, it's not like I'm really limiting myself because I like those things. Um, it's very hard. I think for, it's harder for the people, a they're vegetarians or B that don't like meat. So. Right. Okay. Um, mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, a lot of people would consider the way that I eat keto. Um, I prefer, to call it low carb, but because um, you don't want, you're just trying to avoid what you said earlier, the connotations with keto. So. Yeah, I, I think that uh, people misunderstand it, um, and so and that's part of the whole culture. That's one of the big problems too, right? That yes. is the problem. I think um, people will people don't understand the reasons behind why people do things. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I eat that way is because I tried to eat a thousand other ways and they didn't work. Right. So like I, um, I have, yeah, she's asking about Bitten's plan. So Bitten's plan is actually my plan. So, um, I do kind of follow it, but it, I've adapted it to myself. So I think one of the, the things that food acts have to do is that's your mentor, right? Bitten's my mentor. Yeah. She's, from yeah, okay. yeah. So, um, um, Bitten Johnson, uh, she's on Twitter too. She's an awesome follow. Um, what was I saying? Yeah. Yeah. So I've had to adapt. I had to change like when I first started and I was transitioned into fat burning, like I ate a lot more fat than I do now. Mm. Um, and so I supplied a lot more and now I don't eat so much as much added fat. Most of the fat that I eat actually comes from me. So mm. I think that's one of the things we have to do. We, we have to adjust as we adjust. So sense. it's not like I write you a food plan and then you're done and you're all set. So um, we have yeah, to kind of be open to whatever works. Yeah, I uh, had some real success with the steak. I, the they call it carnivore, whatever you want to put on it. And Julian is sharing that the carnivore diet or whatever you want to call it. But I just eat steak. I would go to Costco. I'd get multi packs of big ribeyes, and I would just be. I'd love it. I mean, a good ribeye is fantastic. And I was a happy man, and everything was shedding off me. It really worked. I threw in some chicken thighs and stuff too. But sure, sure, yeah. I mean, there are patients who do eat or clients that eat all meat diet. Um, Look at that. Anna, oh, Anna. Carnivore, yeah. She's married oh. to a cardiologist and she's a carnivore. How about yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nice. I, okay. I, Leanne, I remember I was talking to you about this a couple years ago and Leanne was poo pooing me about this carnivore, which just means eating meat. Okay. It just means eating steak, chicken. Yeah. Steak. Animal products. Yeah. Yeah. Animal products. And some people are all meat carnivore where they only eat meat. And some people will have dairy and cream and butter. Yep. It kind of oh. depends. Oh, okay. Some oh, people yeah. include honey in carnivore, but I say Ooh, I that one. Yeah, I bet <laughs> you do, Leanne. But Leanne, Leanne, what don't you like about the carnivore diet? What was your you remember what your original complaints were about it? Yes. Yes. Cause I'm 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 not really against I'm not really against it because I love meat. Yeah. But what I did not like is that you would not eat all day long, then you would eat right before you go to bed. Oh, this yeah. is meat. Yeah, 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 so that's probably someone who's doing that on top of intermittent fasting. So yeah. So yeah, you don't have to do that. Um, so eating the meat right before bed, is that like, do you know? Is that like a bad thing? Like you're not gonna wake up in the morning because you're you had a heart attack because you slept with that much meat in your side of your body? Wait, wait, say it again. 
She thinks if you eat right before you go to bed, you're gonna have a heart attack. She wants to know if you think or you know that it's bad to eat right before bed. Like, I not think it's not good to eat right before bed. I would actually prefer that people don't eat between two or three hours before bed. Mm. Okay, um, but you know you've got to pick your battles, right? So the key to the key to recovery that works is pragmatism. If if your solution is not pragmatic, if it's not solution focused and it doesn't fit into your life, I can almost guarantee you, you won't do it. Right, just, right. You just won't do it. Right. right. So, like, I, I have a spiritual practice. I remember uh, someone that I was mentoring was asking me, like, how long do you pray for in the morning? And at the time, I was like, five minutes. And they were like, five minutes? Like, what's so big about five minutes? I was like, it fits into my day. Like, mm -hmm. I know that if I commit five minutes every day, I will do it. Yes, right. So you've got to start with what you're willing to do. Otherwise... Right. Um, just like if you're not ready to give stuff up and someone asks you to give it up and you say, well, I'm going to do it. Right. You're not going to do it until you're ready to do it. Right. Mm. And right. That's, that's the nature of the beast. Okay. So now how do you feel about intermittent fasting? Do you think that's. Yeah. So there's a lot of great health benefits to intermittent fasting. Um, problem is it's not designed for addicts. <laughs> <laughs> so. So I think it's great. I just don't think it's designed for addicts. And now I'll kind of tell you why. Yes, please. Um, so addicts, addiction is a disease, right? Mm -hmm. It's centered in the mind. It's mm -hmm. not that like I'm addicted to one thing or another. It's mm -hmm. just like I have addiction. Mm, I have point. the disease of addiction. Okay. My outlet will change. Right. Right. So maybe it was sugar, then it was alcohol, then it was social media, then it was this, then it was sex, or that. I mean, people were switching seats in the Titanic all day long. Yes. So either way, the Titanic's sinking. So my theory is that fasting is another addiction. Mm. Like another way that people or try to cope with their food addiction. Wow. So here's something that's interesting. I would say that anorexia is probably on the food addiction spectrum we know we know that it it, it sometimes is exerted as a coping mechanism right for like um especially in like adolescence but the reality is that when a food addict like myself eats his binge foods mm -hmm. i release dopamine mm. when an anorectic withholds food mm -hmm. they receive dopamine oh Okay. So it's the same. Whatever the thing. reward is, is the dopamine release to that. Right, person. right, right. The reward you have the like, mm -hmm. like, like that, like holy moment that you can never replicate. Mm -hmm. Like that's what addiction is. It's chasing your first high and never being able to reach it. Okay. Yeah, that reward pathway. So like you're trying to, to show that first time you eat sugar, every time you eat sugar, and you can't ever replicate it. Right. You've seen that picture with the baby with the ice cream and. She's like, eat ice cream, and she's like, whoa. Like, you can see, like, she's like, that's her first hit, right? Yes. People, wow. people know what that feels like. And and addicts especially, you know, can really, whether, no matter what the substance is, can really resonate with that feeling. And that every other time that they use, they were trying to get there, and they couldn't. Because the brain, brain is, this is crazy, right? So the addict, on their way to the dealer, is wow. higher then they will ever be with drugs. I know all about that. That's, that's all. I can that's verify that. Yeah. yeah. I can verify on my way to get Viking, oxycodone, whatever. 
I would my if I was in withdrawal on my way there, it all went away. Yeah, oh, the yeah. brain was the brain was already like, oh, we're good. Absolutely, 100%. it's crazy. It's do you experience it? It's hard to believe, but it's yeah, so it's true. Crazy. It's uh, true because you know it's coming. You're prepared for it. Yeah, yeah. It's like that's the best part, and it's all downhill work, when you take the pills. It's like well, mentally prepared for it, your propensity for OD would be much higher. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. That's very true. That is so true. In it's funny you would take the i would take the pills and the party be over it's like oh and that's part part. of the problem i think with the opiate epidemic right now um is that people are are spin drying they're in treatment or whatever and then they're leaving and then they're they're using and their brain is not ready for it Mm. Yes. I think, I mean, there's a lot of problems with the opiate epidemic with the family yeah. and all this other stuff, but I think that that plays into it to a part. Well, I've told Leanne this, she knows this, and I've talked a couple of weeks ago on episode 32 of the first day pod. This is episode 34, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I told my addiction story. If you want to go back and listen to that, I just kind of went off for like 40 minutes about everything that happened to me and ways to help. And if you have loved ones going through addiction, sure, stuff, sure. It's so a really positive episode for anybody who wants to check that out. But mm-hmm. uh, what happened was, this, this rehab world, this rehab industry is a nightmare. And people stay in for too short a time. It's like you're saying, Dave, I mean, what is the what is the length of time you need to abstain to really make tangible change in your brain from sugar? I would say the low end is probably 90 days. Hmm. Exactly. I mean, you have you have withdrawal. You have like yeah. permanent active withdrawal, and that's probably like one to three weeks, probably closer to three. But mm-hmm. uh, the reality is that in order for your brain to like start a healing process, it would probably probably say like the low end is 90 days. Okay. And that's when the healing like really starts. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why they say. Uh, and you're talking about you're talking about 17 to 21 day treatment. If you're lucky, you get yeah. to the three week. Yeah, I did. A, I did a 12 day treatment. I left that day and got high. It was a joke. It was an utter joke. It's because your brain is still completely ready to rock. And wants to get high. Uh, I want to read this comment real quick. This is from my mom, by the way. Hi, mom. Uh, hey. I've been doing my mom, by the way, Dave. Uh, we didn't really talk about this. Is your mom? mom? That is my mom, Michelle Katz. Oh, cool. yes, Hi, mom. <laughs> my mom did her damn my best. Listening too. I bet my mom did her damn best to try to prevent me from becoming what I am now. I know. She, they, she they was like on the, that. Yeah, she was on the ground floor of like health foods back in the 80s and stuff. Yeah, and she used okay. to have all the. She had nothing sugary at our house. She really tried. But she says, I've been yep. doing 12 to 16 hour fasting for quite a while now. It has nothing to do with sugar, but I'm calmer and more. Yeah, so, you know, it really connects back to the there are health benefits to fasting. It's just a matter of if it works in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, it's really interesting because I'm on uh, I'm I'm working with a couple other coaches right now. We just did a 30 day kick sugar challenge. Mm. And, um but um like i'm coming at it from like hardcore addiction lens like i'm like i'm like the addiction guy right so um and they're coming more from like the intermittent fasting health coaching kind of Ah. model kind of mind and and um and so it's interesting because uh just because for me it seems like they're investing a lot of time and i'm not saying all these people are food addicted um because they may not be Mm -hmm. Um, but it appears that um, that we're still focusing on the problem, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and as opposed to the solution, which in my mind is abstinence uh, moderation. 
Yeah. So, but that's a hard sell. I get that. Uh, I just have one last question for you that, so what, okay. So like, like right now, well, not now because Christmas is going to be very different this year, but, um, you were abstaining and you're, you're doing really good. And then you go to the Christmas party. Uh What's your answer like to people that just aren't in it yet to be able to get through a whole party without having this like, uh, so the initial the initial text to the the primary the, the first twelve step program, which was AA, right? There's a section um, in in it that talks about like if you are going to something like that, you better have a damn good reason to be there. I'm not saying you can't go, but you should have a reason to be there, and I think you should have an escape strategy. You should drive your own on your own. You shouldn't be carpooling. You should be good. able to leave if you have to leave. Um, you should not be hungry. Um, you should, uh, have some numbers with you of people that will understand. You can go in your car and make a phone call and this kind of thing. But, but like recovery is all about action. It's just Mm -hmm. all about action. And so you need to have like a list of actions stacked, like that you can stack on top of each other. So like if in early recovery, like I had a list of things that I would do in order without skipping any of them Mm -hmm. until I didn't need the drug anymore. Right until I didn't need to eat, so it was like cold shower, walk, you know, hang out with my dog, play guitar. Like there was like a series of things that I would do: make phone calls, um, make a phone call, uh, get a suggestion, take the action, call them back, let them know you did it, let them know how you're doing. Like you have to like be consistently doing actions, yeah. and so I think that's key. Because we don't act our way, we don't think our way into acting, right? We have to act our way into thinking, right? So, like, the acting is really the thinking. So, you might go to a Christmas party, mm-hmm. and you just got to act your part. You got to act like a sugar addict in recovery. Yes, you're right. And the other thing is, if you can't do that, mm-hmm. you have no right to be there. Good that's point. a really hard sell. And I get that. Yeah. Um, but having I, that action, people come to me and what do I do about this? Thing? I'm like, you sit on your couch and you don't go and you focus on your recovery. Mm-hmm. That's an option. Yes. That you don't think option, of. Right. But it's a safe option. Yeah. And that recovery plan that Mike, that reminds me, remember when we had Danielle on and we were talking about having it, she was suggesting having a suicide, uh, uh, like action plan, plan. action plan, yeah. an action plan. And that's, that's the whole thing that we don't think of. Like when I asked you that question, prevention, not, by the way, prevention, prevention. not like, sure, a, right, right. Sorry. I that get, was, I, get yeah. it. I understood. Um, but it's the same thing. And that's, that's brilliant. Cause I think going into all of these things, that's what you, at least for me, when I think of getting into the, um, uh, like abstaining immediately, I go to my calendar and it's like, oh gosh, but you know what? Maybe I'm not going to be able to do it because Saturday I have that thing. I mean, it's different now because like I'm not going anywhere, but um, But usually in real life, it was always like, okay, well, that's okay because I have the thing on Saturday, the thing on Sunday, one on Wednesday, Thursday, I'm going to really try and like kick this thing, you know, and still not even thinking, not going to those things, just going to those things and then. So that action plan that was that was amazing. We like keep postponing our future. Yes. That's why we started. That's why the show was originally called 
the first day of the rest of our lives tomorrow oh, for me yeah, and Leanne. Awesome. It's always the first day of the rest always. of the We minimize it to first day pod, but that's really the true essence of this yeah, show because awesome. tomorrow. So true. Yes. Tomorrow's the first day. Yeah, tomorrow so, never comes. Yeah. 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 It never comes. We're always, God, we've done it so many damn times. You know, we've been together. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been together now for over a year, but we've been, we've known each other for nine years and mm-hmm. we've both been doing wow. the same repetitive mistakes over those entire nine years. Oh, yeah. Me. I mean, oh, yeah. I make the same mistakes too. Mm hmm. But this is, this is, Dave, I just want to, I mean, we can keep going, but it's been over an hour, which I can't, I just looked up at that time. Like, I cannot believe it. This has been phenomenal. Like, I knew it was going to be good. I was like telling everybody about it because I knew it was going to be good. But thank you so much for everything. Absolute pleasure. This was great. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Here's a question from Melissa. Dave, Mm. do you think all people can become sugar addicts or are there some people that can actually practice moderation? We talked about this earlier. I think I call call those people. um, I call them earth people. Those are are the people that can moderate. It's kind of a joke, but the the point is like, I think there are people that can moderate. Um, I just don't think there are a lot of them. Mm. Uh, I know I certainly don't fit into that category anymore because, Mm. uh, I moderated my way into pain and suffering, um, loneliness, isolation, and defeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, in, how can in, you know that? Is there a way you can know that or no? Yeah. So, well, I think to know what that you can moderate, or is it just a trial and error experience oh, where I mean, you finally you realize it? Just assume you can't. I mean, the reality is, um, these foods that I'm asking you to avoid are bad for you, anyways. Yeah, so I think that the reality is that most of these food products that we that are, that people might be able to moderate, mm-hmm. they're bad for our health. Right. So why, like that, like special extra treat? Yeah. That's like actually extra damage. Like right. I don't know if you, if you ever saw. I, I hate to bring this up, but like Bill Cosby's thing on alcoholism, like mm. he does this spiel on the different drinkers. And he talks about like, he's like, well, I worked hard all week so I can go destroy myself this weekend. Like it makes no sense. Yes. So look at it that way. Look at, um, I think, uh, what's I listening to a podcast, uh, yesterday. Who was it? Who was the guest? Um, anyway, he was talking about how there's like a lifespan and a health span. Mm. Like, like lifespan is like how long you're going to live and your health span is like how long you're going to be healthy in that lifespan. Right. So wow. we know that these foods diminish our health span and our lifespan. So wow. if you can moderate, why, why not remove them from your life, live longer, be healthier and live better. Right. And I think that's getting back to, too, like you were talking about curating your social media curate your social media for that, but curate the people that you're around. Because I'm thinking, I was thinking, well, you can, some people say that they can moderate alcohol. Cause like when I was young, I would go out and I could drink, but I was with the people that we would go out to the bars and drink. Now I wouldn't even consider getting together with 20 year olds and going to the bar and drinking. You just, you get a different group of people. So having the people that understand where you're at, um, I think it's going to make the big difference because then you don't constantly have those temptations. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. Um, I want to, th- yeah. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. This is, this is by far the most engaged episode we've ever had. And it's not even close. It is not even close. We are so awesome. thrilled because this is the whole damn point of doing this show is to learn like we're learning from Dave. 
and connect from all of you with your comments. I mean, there's been like so many of you engaging with thoughtful, critical analysis and your own personal experiences. Ah, it's why we do this, right, Leanne? This is the whole point. I mean, we're 34 episodes in and I feel like we finally, for the first time, have really connected what our purpose was on this show from the very beginning. And I'm going to go rewatch this so I can actually read the things because I've trained myself. I don't look at the comments because otherwise oh, I can't. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm to totally getting lost in yeah. <laughs> it. By yeah. the way, Jillian, Jillian, uh, Leanne lives in Canada. So you got, oh. maybe you should connect with Jillian. Leanne lives in Windsor in the Ontario area. So uh, I'm an American. She's Canadian. We haven't yeah. seen each other in over eight months. It's been terrible because the really? border's been closed. Yeah, yeah. it's been awful. Wow. The yeah. border has been closed since March. Well, that it's, it's been great. That's probably why we're still together. No, I'm sure. yeah, yeah. it's been it's been very it's been very interesting. So it's been tough. We just video chat, and that's one of the reasons why this podcast actually helps us because we get to yeah well, connect cool. with each other. I like that. I like that. Yeah. yeah, I get to go on a date with you. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> welcome to our. I've always been a great third wheel. So. <laughs> That is a great line. I think we should use that. That's I like that. Um, as we close the show here, uh, Dave, I want you to tell people again where they can find you. And sure. w- while you say that too, can you give us like what's a first step? If you're like, if there's people listening out here, like I don't know what my first step should be. Can you give us just an opening, hey, first step message? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think the um, the first thing um, that I would do is really. I would look at my environment, I think, and I would see what my cues are. And I would kind of look at the people I surround myself with and I look at how they're eating. And um, I think that that can be huge. I think um, there's this really cool screening tool that takes like 60 seconds. It's called the S Uncope. Um, it'll be on TriggerX Global. So it's like six questions that you can just say, like, it will help you perceive like the level of your problem. I think that can be huge because that can, because it's objective, right? You just answer yes or no questions and it can really. Um, is that one on your website? Do you have that on your website? The screen, I believe it is on triggerfreenutrition.com too. Yeah, yeah, I think I did that. And that's where I was like, oh crap. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm shit. there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. So again, our new, our new platform is going to be called sugarxglobal.com. You can sign up and get involved. Now we're not launched, but we're going to be launched like ASAP. So we are, we're chugging and moving. And the last thing I want to tell you is that anyone can recover. I don't care what your backstory is, what kind of trauma you've been through, um, who your parents were, how bad you eat. I have seen like people that had not, should have not made it naked. I mean, people have overcome all sorts of abuse, all sorts of crazy things. And they are living today one day at a time um, without the need to, you know, medicate to feel okay. And so hope is available. Um, and that's like I, Anna said, like my my uh, colleagues, you know, I'm a hope coach. Like today, I'm a hope coach. Um, I teach people how to have hope. So um, would love to work with anyone, help anyone, be with you, um, support you, anything that I can do to be of service. Um I'm totally game for it. Awesome. I don't, I'm not sure what this means. Mom says, can you put this website on your I'll website? Do, first day pod? Does she mean the Facebook page? Probably on or? our Facebook page. I'll do a post and I'll put all of the contact and everything on there. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. Yes. Where would we be without moms? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, oh, nowhere really, but it's been a long, complex journey. I'll say that, but I love my mom. I do. Yes. Thank um, you, Michelle. 
I want to say thanks again, Dave. Thank you so much. Uh, for My those of you that are new, go ahead, Dave. Speak your mind. Say thank you. Yes, thank you. Welcome, <laughs> and thank you, and I uh, I hope uh, you have a better day tomorrow than you did today. Yeah, and let's uh, let's do this again. Yeah, I think I'm totally you... game. We're I'm totally willing. Absolutely. I would love to have Dave on and maybe like every month or every few, whenever you're comfortable, because you're a perfect fit for the show. Yes. And uh, oh, yeah. And as oh, okay, I'd love to be a standing guest. That'd be awesome. Oh, yeah, we, we would love, love to have you. Perfect. Yeah, that's you're right up our alley. And oh. uh, I think all of us are trying to do something. We're all of our hearts. All three of our hearts are in the right place to try to help people. And we're not. Ex well, Dave's an expert. But he's an like, expert. We yeah, I just don't want to say that we're like, I never want to think we're holier than thou. We're just trying to connect. You know, you know I'm just a guy. Yeah. Who has to be one step ahead of my clients. Like, that's it. I'm just another sugar addict who found a way out. And I want to help people find a way out. That's it. I'm not, you know, because the reality is my education as a dietitian, mm -hmm. not helpful. Yeah. I'm a sugar addict. <laughs> no, it's it's not. Yeah. So honest. Yeah, I know Thank that. you for that honesty. But my experience as a sugar addict, that's helpful. Yes. Oh, thank yeah. you. That that makes sense. Okay, that makes sense to me, and I think we can all understand that. So yeah. please support Dave. Uh, get in touch with Dave. He can help you. And yeah. love depending to. on your level of support, he's got all kinds of different stuff to offer. Trust me, books and mm -hmm. plans and food plans and stuff. I've I've been looking at the food plan thing. I'm interested in that. I think me and Leanne should maybe try that. We'll talk more about that too with all you right, off awesome. there. And. Thank you so much for listening. We're the First Day Pod. You can find us on all platforms for podcasts, First Day Pod at ProtonMail.com. Send us an email. Tell us what you thought of the show. If you have further questions, we'll forward them on to Dave if they're for Dave or just for us about what you heard and what you think of the show. We're trying to grow. We thank you so much for being with us. And thank you, Dave. And thank we you. will talk to you guys uh, next week. We're here every Tuesday, normally at 7 p.m. Eastern. So if you want to come back for next week, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye, guys.